Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for March 8, 2023. All year long, we've been studying the miracles of Jesus. This is part 40 of the series thus far. So this is the miracles of Jesus, part 40. I'm going to deal with something that this is the only miracle where Jesus actually had to touch somebody two times, and I call it the second touch. And the title of today's message is God will not explain everything to you. One of the points that I'm going to make today is that God will reveal himself, but God doesn't have to explain himself because God is God. Come on now. God God will not explain everything to you. We're going to learn today. We're going to be reminded today that God is God, that this is the God who sits on the circle of the earth, the God who said, let there be light, and there was light, and he saw the light, and it was good in the evening and the morning were the first day. And that very same God didn't make the sun and the moon until the third day, and there was light for two days with no sun. Why? Because God said it, and God is God. I'm talking about that God. We need to be reminded sometimes that God is not a man. We need to be reminded sometimes that God is not like us. We need to be reminded sometimes that God's ways are above our ways, his thoughts are above our thoughts. And if we're going to walk with God. There's going to be a lot of things that you're not going to understand. And so you have to walk by faith and you have to trust God. Put in the chat, say, I trust God. I believe God. I walk by faith in God. I know that God is not a man. I know that his ways are above my ways. I know that God is going to do some stuff sometimes that I don't understand. Some things that just seem crazy. Why? Because God is not from this world, right? And so, so yeah, yeah, you got to be open to a God that is not a man, a God that is not from this world. You are serving God. And besides him, there is no other. I want you to open up your heart and get ready. This is going to be good, y'all. Get ready for the word. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. Sometimes as a Bible teacher, we have to just remind people that while I am doing my best to unpack, to unfold, to explain the word of God in a way that people can see, hear, and understand, and God has called me to do it, and God has graced me to do it, and by the grace of God, you know, I mean, like people receive it. Like, I mean, God has given me the insight to be able to break some things down, but even with all of that, sometimes... Uh, We just have to remind people that God is God, though. There's going to be some things that we're not going to understand until we get to heaven. So before we get into the the actual miracle for today, let me look at Psalms 126 and verse 4. This is a scripture that we've been looking at at our church. I believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Restore us unto the former glory and may streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. I keep making this point because it's important that whatever you lost along the way over the last three years, which were difficult, and even 2022 was difficult for many people, it's like there were areas of people's hearts that got dry. And whatever was dry in this season, God is going to refresh you and God is going to restore you. Put in the chat, say, I I receive it. God is refreshing. God is restoring. Put in the chat, say, no dry places for me. Lord, do it again. All right. So let's get ready for the word this morning. Today's miracle is found in Mark chapter 8. This is verses 22 through 26 from the easy to read version. This is what the Bible says. Jesus and his followers came to Bethsaida. Some people brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch the man. Just kind of like 
What happened with the other man? Some people brought the man who was deaf and mute and begged Jesus to do something about it. Same, similar situation. And Jesus took the man that was that was deaf and and uh, and mute and took him off to the side. And same similar situation. The Bible says here in verse 23, so Jesus held the blind man's hand and led him outside of the village. He was like, I, I'm, I want some one-on-one -on -one time with you. So he grabs the man who's blind. He was like, all right, let me take you. And he takes him out of Bethsaida. And then the Bible says, oh, are you ready for this? Then the Bible says, and this is good because it follows the last miracle, which was kind of like people was freaking out over what Jesus did. Then the Bible says, Jesus spit on the man's eyes. Let me let that sink in for a minute. This is in the Bible. Let you calm down. This is Mark chapter 8, verse 23. Then, then the Bible says that when Jesus took him out of Bethsaida and got him out of the town, there's nobody around. Jesus spit on the man's eyes. That's it. You got it? And he spit on the man's eyes. Now, Pastor, uh, oh man, Mike Todd. Pastor Mike Todd, Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was watching him on YouTube. Uh, Pastor Mike Todd, great communicator, uh, uh, you know, great preacher of the gospel. He does a lot of illustrations. Uh, he actually on stage had one of his church members on stage with his eyes closed and he was spitting into his hand. I'm talking about like hawk and spit, like and put the, the spit on the man's eyes. And I'm talking about in 2023 and, and the crowd, you could just hear the sounds of the crowd, the reaction. Oh my God, that is so nasty. But anyway, the Bible says Jesus spit on the man's eyes and then said, well, can you see now? Verse 24, the man looked up and said, yes, I see people, but it's like the people are walking around like trees. Verse 25, so Jesus laid hands on the man again. And the man opened his eyes wide and his eyes were healed. And he was able to see everything clearly. And Jesus told the man, okay, well, go home and don't go back into the town. So what does this mean for you? Today. Oh, this is going to be good. Y'all ready? Oh, this is going to be good. All right. So what does this mean for you today? So for the past couple of days, we looked at this miracle where Jesus healed the deaf man and the mute man, and he took him away from everybody. He stuck his fingers in his ears, and then he put saliva from his own tongue on the man's tongue and loosened his tongue, and he was able to talk, right? We looked at that, and that was strange enough. Uh, but this is another situation like that. Jesus travels to Bethsaida, he encounters a similar situation. People are like, hey, Jesus, can you do something about this man? Jesus takes the man outside of the village, one-on-one. -on -one. The, the blind man can hear. So Jesus, unlike the other guy where he couldn't hear or speak, this guy could hear. He couldn't see, but he could hear. So Jesus is like, all right, let me take you outside. You know, he takes him. And he was there. The man obviously wanted to receive his sight. And as he gets him out there one-on-one -on -one, and they're all alone, Jesus spit on the man's eye. I mean, like, oh my God. He spit on the man's eyes and then said, can you see now? And this is very unusual because in most miracles, as soon as Jesus said what he said or laid hands or whatever, Jesus wouldn't have to ask the question. Let that sink in. Normally, the Bible says Jesus would say, or Jesus would touch, or Jesus would do, and immediately somebody would like respond. Well, Jesus spit on the man's eyes and the man didn't respond. So this is the first time, the only miracle where Jesus was like, well, can you see? Like, I mean, like, this is the only miracle where the person didn't respond right away. I mean, in every other miracle, they respond. Immediately, 
The person jumps up, leaping, giving God praise, whatever. Immediately, whatever. He takes up his bed. What This guy did not respond. And no other, no other miracle does Jesus have to say, hey, did it work? <laughs> and no other miracle did Jesus say, hey, like, hey, are your legs strengthened? Hey, are your feet? You, you know, whatever. Like, Jesus never had to ask anybody, did it work? Jesus, in this case, like, obviously, the guy didn't respond. So Jesus like, well, can you see? He said, well, I see, but I see men walking around like trees. And Jesus like, all right, touches them again. And this time, oh, now I can see clearly and everything is bright and everything is good. So what does this mean for you today? I'm going to bring out five things from this this morning that I want you to open up your heart to receive. You already five things. Number one, here we go. God can touch you in public and God can touch you in private. Put in the chat, say, I put in the chat, say, I'm open to, to God touching me in public and in private. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about public. Let's talk about private. I'm going to get to the elephant in the room, the whole spinning and all of that. I got you. I, I'm going to get to the second touch, but let's get there. Let, let's take our time. Uh, uh, God can touch you in public and God can touch you in private. So Jesus took the deaf man who could not speak, took him aside away from everyone else. And he takes him out of town to the point where nobody's there. And there are times where God ministers to you in public, and there are times where God ministers to you in private. Like, like in, in most of the miracles, Jesus did it in front of the crowd. In most of the miracles, Jesus did it wherever they brought him, right? In most of the miracles, Jesus just did it, and then everybody was astonished and amazed. In this case, Jesus, just like the man who was deaf and, and mute, Jesus took him off to the side for one-on-one -on -one ministry. So there are times where God prefers to do it in public. And there are times where God prefers to do it in private. And here's my point. It was God's preference. Put in the chat, it was God's preference. I just want you to know that there are things that God will do because that's how he wants to do it. Like that, there. this is just a reminder that our God is an infinite God and we as humans are limited and finite. And sometimes we can't figure God out. <laughs> and so like, I mean, there are things where, where God will do it in front of everybody. And there are times where God wants you one-on-one. -on -one. And so at the end of the day, this was God's preference. It was God's choice. Jesus could have healed the man right when they brought him right there in Bethsaida. Jesus chose to grab him by the hand. Jesus chose to get him out of Bethsaida. Jesus chose to be one-on-one -on -one with the man. It was God's preference. There are things that God will do in your life and he will do it the way that he wants to do it because that's the way that he wants to do it. And it's a reminder that God is God. Listen, there's two things that I've learned. Number one, there is a God. Number two, I am not him. Listen, you got to remember that God is God. There's sometimes a private nature to your relationship with the Father. Sometimes God will manifest his glory in your life, in church, at the altar, in front of everybody. Sometimes God will wait till you get home. There's this public ministry and there's also this private ministry. Public ministry is great because then other people get to see signs, miracles, and wonders. Public ministry is great because then other people get to have their faith ignited and built up and edified. But private ministry is great because then it's just me and God. It's just one-on-one. -on -one. And so public ministry is for others. Private ministry is for me. And so whether God wants to do it in public or God wants to do it in private, I'm open to however God wants to do it. Put in the chat, say private ministry is for me, that the blind man in our text was healed by Jesus with a second touch. I'll deal with that in a minute. But he was he was healed by Jesus in a one-on-one -on -one session outside of Bethsaida with nobody else around. Jesus wanted to do it just between 
them too. Listen, so God will do it at the altar. God will do it at work. God will do it on social media, but sometimes God will do it in your prayer closet when there's nobody around but you and him. So you got to be open to the private ministry. You got to be open to the public ministry. However God wants to do it, God is open. Lord, I just, I'm open to you however you want to do whatever you want to do. But let me just say this about public and private. Um, private processing precedes public promotion. Now, this has nothing to do with this miracle, but I'm going to slide it in for free. For those of you that are believing God to go to another level, for those of you that are believing God to be promoted and advanced and increased, for you, those of you that are believing God to have a very public you know, uh, uh, exposure, whether it be for your business or your career, private processing precedes public promotion and increase. So what God does is he processes you in private before he can release you to the public. And the church said, amen. Say amen to that. All right, number two. Once again, that didn't have anything to do with the miracle. I wanted to slide that in. All right, number two, you ready? Be open to however God wants to do it. And remember that God is God. So he doesn't have to be conventional. Put in the chat, say, Lord, I'm open. I am open. I'm open to God. I'm open to whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. And I got to remind myself sometimes that God is not conventional. I got to remind myself sometimes that God is not a man, that God doesn't have to do it the way that we want him to do it all the time or in a way that we can understand. God is not conventional. So we, you got one case where Jesus stuck his fingers in the guy's ears and then took spit over his own tongue and then, uh, 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 and then, you know, did that. That was unconventional. Now you got, he spit on a man's eye. Come on, man. He spit on a dude's eyes, y'all. Come on. That is unconventional. Like one of the nastiest things you could do is spit in somebody's face. But he spit on this guy's eyes and that was unconventional. Listen, at the end of the day, you got to be open to whatever God wants to do, however he wants to do it. And you got to know that sometimes God is unconventional. If this happened today, like, and it was like recorded or it was live streamed, it would be all over Instagram. It would be all over TikTok. I can only imagine what the captions would say. I can only imagine, like when Pastor Mike Todd did that, oh my God, I saw it on YouTube. It went viral because people are like, ooh, that's so nasty. Jesus used saliva on the deaf man and the blind man, right? He used saliva. He used spit on the deaf man's tongue. He used uh, the mute man's tongue. He used spit on the blind man's eyes. Now, some people say, okay, well, here come the scholars. Some people say, well, the saliva was used. Obviously, the man's eyes had crust on it because he was blind. And the saliva was used to moisten the crust and to wipe the crust away before he could see. And so as he was getting the crust off, then you know, he opened his eyes and he could see a little bit. And then Jesus touched him again. And obviously now the crust was gone and now the man could see clearly. Okay, fine. If that's what you want to say, that's fine. But let's be clear about something. The Bible doesn't say that. So you're speculating. And I try where the Bible is silent. I, I would prefer to be silent. Unless the Lord tells me something specifically, I don't want to speculate. At the end of the day, scholars are speculating when they're trying to ex explain this thing. At the end, we don't know. We don't know what happened. We don't know why Jesus had to touch him two times, but we do know that it happened. So God does strange. We don't know why Jesus spit on the man's eyes. God often does strange things to us and requires strange things from us. Let me be clear about that. God will do strange things to us and require strange things from us 
Why? Because God is not a man. By definition, God is strange to this world. By definition, God is external to this world. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. And so the more you walk with God, at the end of the day, there's going to be things that you have no, like this stuff is from another world. And so how can you walk with a God who's from another world and think that he has to do everything that lines up with your world? And so he will He will do strange things to you. He will require strange things from you. At the end of the day, think it not strange that God is strange. Why You, you got to understand that God is not of this world. That's why Jesus made it clear. I'm not of this world. He said, as believers, you guys are in this world, but not of this world. Put in the chat, say, I'm in this world, but I am not of this world. And so, so God may do something that is against protocol. God may do something that is against your etiquette. That God may do something that is against your customs and your procedures and what you think is right. Or look, at the end of the day, I don't care how strange it looks. If the Holy Ghost tells you to do something, that you have to do it. Your, your breakthrough will come in your obedience. I remember one time I was at this church uh, 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 in Copper's Cove, Texas, and I had to preach that day. And there was something going on and, and between something, I'm not going to get too, too much details, but bottom line is the Lord told me to walk around the church seven times and, and before I go in to preach. And I, and so I walked around the church seven times and I was praying and the Lord was ministering to me and people were showing up to church and they knew I was preaching that day. And I'm in a suit, tie the whole nine, walking around the church seven times and people are walking in. It's like, you good? Everything Okay. I'm like, I'm good. Hey, Reverend Pena. I was Reverend Pena back then. Hey, Reverend Pena, you good? I'm good. And I'm walking around and I walked around the church seven times. And then, and then I went in and I did what God, I don't know why. I mean, God was ministering to me. Listen, whatever God tells you to do, do it. I don't care how crazy it seems. I let you For you to walk with God, there are going to be times where you are in sync with heaven, but being in sync with heaven may mean that you seem like you're out of sync with the people down here in this world. So what are you going to do? Are you going to be in sync with this world or are you going to be in sync with heaven? To be led by the Holy Spirit, you must be willing to deal with, watch this, the scrutiny and the criticism that will come from other people. To be led by the Holy Spirit to do what God has called you to do, it will lead to scrutiny and it will lead to criticism. And watch this. Here's what I've noticed. Most of the criticism, most of the criticism and scrutiny that Jesus got was from religious people. What I've noticed today, 2023, most of the scrutiny and criticism that you will get when you walk with God, be led by the Holy Spirit, is going to come from people that claim to be Christians. It's going to come from believers. So just don't, you would be surprised at, you know, I post these videos every day on, on, on social media. I post on, on Instagram. I post like a picture with my today's word with teaching points, or I post a little one minute video. You will be surprised at the comments that I get from pastors or the comments that I get from other Christians. The comments are not coming from the world. The comments are coming from believers. And so you're going to, like when you're led by the Holy Ghost to do whatever you're led to do, just know that you're going to get pushback. And sometimes the pushback is going to come. Why? Because people criticize what they do not understand. Just because you don't understand something doesn't mean that is wrong. You got it? All right. Number three, it just means you don't understand. All right. Number three, uh, attempting to explain why Jesus had to touch the man twice. So let me deal with this. This is like the elephant in the room. Well, Brother Pena, why did he have to touch the man twice? Let me be clear about this. You got this man, Jesus takes him outside of Bethsaida, spits on his eyes, lays hands on him, and then lays hands on, on him again. Now, going back to scholars, right? So I checked 
I check the um, uh, comments. I don't, at this stage of my walk, I've been preaching for 28 years. I don't normally look at commentaries anymore. Back in the day, every time I read a scripture, I would go see what the Bible commentaries had to say. I wanted to see what scholars said about that, that, that text before I talked about it. I don't do that anymore. I guess I've been doing it long enough. I kind of know what they said already. I've read it and now, you know, I'm at a different stage. But for this one, I had to go back. I wanted to see what scholars said about this. And primarily, it boiled down into a couple of explanations. Some say, well, Jesus had to touch the man twice because it was a gradual healing, meaning that the healing came in stages or in phases. So it was two phases of the healing. So the healing was not immediate. The healing was gradual. Other people say, well, Jesus had to touch the man twice because the man had a lack of faith. And so he needed to build up his faith. And other people say, well, it's just a reminder that God is just God and, and he has mysterious ways. So basically their comments boil down to those three things. Either, hey, it was progressive, a progressive miracle, or the, the guy didn't have enough faith, or hey, it's just a reminder that, that God is God and, and you know, it, it, there's a certain level of mystery to walking with God. So I'll talk uh, uh, about those. Ultimately, let me be clear. We don't know. Just to be clear, we don't know. And there's some things that we're not going to know until we get to heaven. You got it? Number four, whether we, could, whether we can make the point of the progressiveness of the miracle from today's uh, uh, text or not, I do want to highlight this. There are times where God does provide healing in a progressive way. And the reason why I needed to point this out is because I know that there's some people that are watching me right now that are believing God to be healed. And so let me, I, I've seen healing immediately, like 100% healing immediate, boom. But I've also seen healing progressive. I've seen deliverance immediate. I mean, like I've seen people walk up to the altar, drop crack pipes, drop uh, cigarettes, packs of cigarettes, and never pick it up again. Like immediately, God just took the taste out of their mouth. But I've also seen it be gradual. I've seen people be healed immediately. Like, I mean, like ears open or delivered from cancer where the cancer was there. Now they go back tomorrow and the cancer is gone. But I've also seen it where they've been delivered gradually and progressively through a series of doctor's appointments and radiation treatment and all of that. So, so it could be immediate, but it could be progressive. The, the point is that, that there are times where God, this is a miracle. This is the only miracle in Jesus's ministry that was progressive. Let's be clear about that. This is the only miracle in Jesus documented in the Bible that was progressive, but there are progressive miracles. And so sometimes God will do it immediately. And sometimes God manifests the healing in a progressive way. And don't come to me and say, well, it's because they don't have enough faith or we don't know. Like, like, let's be clear about that. God is God. And there's some things, here's my last point as I close. There's some things we, don't, we will not understand until we get to heaven. There's some things that we will not understand until we get to heaven. So while I'm here to preach and, and I'm here to teach uh, and, I, and I appreciate what God has called me to do. And I thank God for the, the teaching ministry that he's given me. If I could fully explain God, then I would be God's God. Let's be clear about that. I, I can't fully explain God. I will do everything that I can to give you the insight that God has given me, but I can't fully explain God. If I could explain God, I would be God's God. While I do my best to preach the gospel and teach the Bible, there are countless things that we as humans are not going to understand. If anyone tells you that they have it all figured out, they're lying. Like at, at the end of the day, let me say this. I said it earlier. I'm going to repeat it. God will reveal himself, but he does not have to explain himself. 
God does not have to explain himself to you. God is God. Please don't forget that. As humans, we are finite. God is a deity and he is infinite. So when bad things happen to good people or when there's something that happens that's progressive or when there's some things that happen, you know, blah, blah, blah. And people want to know, listen, we don't, there's some things you're not going to know until God tells you. And there's some things we're not going to know until we get to heaven. Just don't think. You can ask God. You can ask God to give you an explanation. You can ask God whatever you want to ask God. Just don't think that God has to answer you. Like there are things that you're not going to know because God is not going to tell you. There's a certain level of mystery to walking with God. So if you're the type of person, as I close, if you're the type of person that needs to know everything up front, you're going to have a hard time walking with God because God requires faith from us. If you're the type of person that needs to have all the answers before you launch out, then you're never going to launch out because God is not going to give you all the answers. That's not how faith works. And so the whole point about faith is that there are times, watch this, when you're walking with God and you have no clue of what you're doing. Like you're walking with God and you're like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. God, please don't let me look stupid. You got me out here. I'm doing what you told me to do, but God, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Why you got me out here? Out here? Oh my Jesus. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so walking with God, there's a certain level of mystery to walking with God. And, and there's some stuff that's going to happen that you don't have no explanation for. Listen, don't try to act like you have all the answers because you don't. God is God. Besides him, there is no other. There's some things we're not going to know until we get to heaven. So on those those occasions where God is telling you to go, you got to go. If you don't understand what you're doing, go by faith, without a doubt, without wavering, believing that God is going to give you insight as you go. That's called faith. That's the life of faith with no sense realm evidence. And at the end of the day, even when you don't know what's going to happen, this is what I do know. I, I can tell you this. A lot people say, hey, babe. My wife said, hey, babe, did God speak? No, no, he hasn't told you. Did God tell you? No, he hasn't. But did God know? But I do know this. What, what do you know? I know it's going to be good because God is a good God. Say, put in the chat. Say, I know it's going to be good. I, I, I do know that. I, whatever it is, I don't, I don't know. God, I don't know how because God didn't tell me how yet. I don't know when because God didn't tell me when yet. I really kind of even don't even know what. I think I know what. But when God does it, his what is going to be better than my, my, my what. Ephesians 3 and 20 says that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that I can ask or think or even imagine according to the power that works on the inside of me. There's a certain level of mystery to walking with God. So I'm just going to walk with God and let God walk with me. There's going to be times where I'm confident in, in what, yeah, God spoke to me and I'm standing in faith. Glory to God. There's going to be times where I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but I'm going to launch out in faith, without a doubt, without wavering. And so, so at the end of the day, walking with God looks like that. You got to be okay with a certain level of mystery. You got to be comfortable with a certain level of discomfort. Put that in the chat. Say, I am comfortable with a certain level of discomfort. If you are not comfortable with discomfort, you are not going to be a man or a woman that walks and lives by faith. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out. With a declaration of faith, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I am determined to experience you this year like never before. My heart is open to receive whatever you want to do in my life, however you want to do it. You can do it in public. You can do it in private. <laughs> you could do it as a single touch or as a series of touches. You know, I refuse to put stipulations on you. Father, I honor you. I love you. I follow you and I pursue you. I walk with you and I am open 
and I'm ready for whatever you want to do. I will not allow reason, logic, or common sense to cause me to miss out on your best. I will do whatever you tell me to do, and I will do it without regard for the opinions of others. I am not moved by people's opinions. I'm only moved by you. Living this way, I know I will experience your best in 2023, which is why I can boldly declare greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Apply it and prosper. Tomorrow, we're going to have another word. So listen, this is a message you might need to listen to again. This is a message you do need to share with your friends. So do me a favor, two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Number two, share it right now. Share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. We are the just, and we live by faith. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent the grace life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.